Hello, and thank you for listening to Girl Wonder. My name is Joe Rochelle, and I'm just your everyday girl talking about your favorite webtoons. If you find yourself reading webtoons all the time and you are still craving more content, then you are absolutely in the right place. And just in case you didn't know, you can listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you choose to listen on. On the podcast today, we are talking all about Midnight Poppyland by Lily Dusk, specifically focusing on episodes 41 to 45. And I'd like to take a second and just express how much the Webtoon community means to me. Like, I feel like you know, but you don't know. Like, you know, because I've made it really clear that I started this podcast because I literally had no one to talk to about Webtoons. I mentioned it in the very first episode how I was a part of this mentoring program with high school students. When we were doing an icebreaker, I suddenly realized that she read Webtoon, like the same series I was reading on Webtoon. We literally got into a playful argument about which characters we were shipping. It was so funny. And everyone around us were like, what are you guys talking about? This is like three, four-ish years ago now. I'd say three years ago. And it was just like such a moment to finally see someone who is into the same stories as you and can talk about these characters with you. And I'll just never forget that feeling because now I get to have it literally all the time, like 24-7, I can find someone to talk to about the webtoons that I'm reading, and I think that's so cool. Right now, I am nearing 100 podcast episodes, which is kind of blowing my mind, and I just want to express how grateful I am because now I feel like there are people that I can talk to about this. I'm just not alone anymore, and I know for many of us, this has been a rough year. 2020 has been the bumpiest road, you know, and I feel strongly compelled to say that you are not alone. If you are hitting a slump, if you are feeling kind of numb to everything or full of anxiety, please know that you're not alone. And all that being said, You clicked on this podcast episode to hear discussions and theories and recaps all about Midnight Poppy Land, a story from the brilliant mind of Lily Dusk. And a lot of people have DM'd me that they didn't even know Webtoon Creators were on Patreon before listening to the podcast, so I want to make sure that I mention it as often as possible. The link to Lily Dusk's Patreon is patreon.com slash lilydusk. And you can find that link in the description box of this podcast episode. If you're able to, it means a lot to support the creators whose work you enjoy. So it's a monthly thing. It can be a dollar a month. It could be $5 a month. And it's really up to you. And in return, you get so much more exclusive content. I mean, if you're into steamy stuff between Tora and Poppy, you can find that there. If you're looking for a place to discuss the most recent episodes with other Midnight Poppy Land obsessed folks, You can find that there too. If you like exclusive content and extra goodies, you'll find that there. So yeah, if you have any bit to spare, it would really be awesome to support Lily on Patreon. In this podcast episode, you'll be hearing the voices of four of my patrons, Darla, Patty, Sharin, and Joanne, and the link to my Patreon is on patreon.com slash girlwonder. It's also in the description box of this podcast episode. Join us. We would love to have you.
And before we start, our top cities that have listened to this podcast the most in the last seven days are Royce City, Leyden, Seattle, Houston, Eau Claire, Los Angeles, Clearwater, and Hamilton. So thank you guys so much for listening. I really, really mean that. And I am trying to hide the fact that I have like terrible allergies right now. I don't know why it kicks up right before I podcast, but like I cannot breathe through my nose, (laughs) but I hope you cannot tell. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to breathe as best as I can because I have so many exciting things to talk to you about when it comes to Midnight Poppy Land. So, all right, let's get into it. For this podcast episode, I want to do something a little different than our usual recap, you know, where I go through everything and then we have our takeaway at the end of each episode and, you know, we just, we're still going to go through every single episode, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, but I wanted to look at characters in a different way. I wanted to think outside the box when it came to the plot of Midnight Poppy Land and the theories that we all have. I just want to look at things from different angles and it's been a long time since I did that thing where I scour through the comments and find really interesting, really thought-provoking, at least to me, comments that, you know, get us going in different directions. So I want to talk about some theories because (laughs) there are some that kind of were like, whoa, I've never thought of that before that I saw in the comments of these episodes that I want to talk to you about today. So we will be discussing those. And I also asked my patrons for their thoughts on certain things that are going on in the webtoon and especially some theories about certain people in this webtoon. So we have a lot of different opinions and a lot of different perspectives which will make this a really, really fun discussion of Midnight Poppy Land. So I have a goal that I want to share with you. So hopefully by the end of this podcast episode, you will have at least like one moment, just one even, that made you go, whoa, I have never thought about it that way. That's my goal. Even if you don't like maybe agree with the theory or don't think it's possible, I'm still going to try to like come at it in an angle think outside the box and get to a place where like, whoa, we've never really thought about it that way. That is my goal. All right, let's start. First, here's a quick recap of episode 41. Giyu is scrolling through texts in his group chat with Tora and Quincy because Tora has been texting some rather cutesy photos lately. Side note, Quincy in the tub with a face mask is the energy that I am trying to channel for the rest of 2020. I just had to say that because literally yesterday I sat in the tub with a face mask. So Quincy, I see you. Tora and Poppy both have a little sneezing fit because you know folks are gossiping about them. And then the next day at Giant Goldfish Publishing, Poppy spills the tea about Mr. Lamb wanting the very famous QB Noyoko, aka Quincy, to work on his wife's book. The episode ends with Poppy's boss, Gil, looking at some notebooks on the desk. Now let's dig into some comments. Raya commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, I'm sure Tora wants to tell Quincy and Giyu everything about Poppy, but he doesn't want to put her in danger. So he just sends these cute pictures in the group chat. 
By the way, can we talk about how both of them sneezed when someone talked about them? LMAO. Anyways, the guy at the end is giving me bad vibes. Is it the notebook? <laughs> the last part is in all caps. I like this is a great comment to start with in terms of like digging into what's happening in this episode because yeah, I love Torah sending those cutesy photos and not captioning them at all. It's with no context. It's just here. <laughs> Pictures with no context. Here's some rice. Here is a hair tie hanging off of my finger. You you come to your own conclusions, but I will not tell you what is going on in my life. These are just pictures. That just feels so on point for Tora's character. But what I want to dive deeper into is how they both sneezed. Poppy sneezed. Tora sneezed. So let's talk about sneezing. Going to trusty Wikipedia, and I bet a lot of you already know this, but some of you might not, so I'm going to share it. Wikipedia says in certain parts of Eastern Asia, particularly in Chinese culture, Korean culture, Japanese culture, and Vietnamese culture, a sneeze without an obvious cause was generally perceived as a sign that someone was talking about the sneezer at that very moment. This can be seen in the Book of Songs, a collection of Chinese poems in ancient China as early as 1000 BC. And in Japan, this belief is still depicted in present day manga and anime. So I knew that last part because I'm like an avid reader of manga and watcher of anime, right? So I've seen it before, but what I didn't know is how far back it goes. I had no idea it could be found as early as 1000 BC in China. Wikipedia also said there's a superstition that if talking behind someone's back causes the person being talked about to sneeze, the sneezer can tell if it's something good is being said because that's one sneeze. Two sneezes in a row is someone is thinking about you, and three sneezes in a row is someone is in love with you. Or if this is a sign that they are about to catch a cold, multiple sneezes. Yeah, I think multiple sneezes is like, yeah, something's going on with you. I have been sneezing throughout this entire podcast episode, so I have to talk about sneezing. I've been editing it out. <laughs> I'm definitely not sick. I promise it's just allergies. But it got me thinking a lot about how sneezes could be incorporated into Midnight Poppy Land even more in the future. We saw one sneeze, right? So someone's talking about you, right? But what if at some point it's three sneezes? Someone's in love with you. That could happen. Or, you know, maybe Poppy isn't that superstitious. Maybe she just stops it at the, oh, someone must be gossiping about me. And that's that's as far as she goes, you know? Mangatherapy.com also had a little bit to add about the superstition. I liked how this blogger said that perhaps the superstition is helpful for others in terms of giving confidence that things are going to be just fine or an incentive to be more careful. Let's say someone sneezes and he or she really believes that someone must be gossiping about them all of a sudden. That person can say to themselves, hmm, maybe I should change my tune a bit. Or yeah, someone's talking about me. I feel important to someone. So it's like a character thing too. Like it reveals personality. And I just found that really interesting. Okay, the next comment. Marsing12 commented on this webtoon and said, in quotations, and they were quoting Fred from Fred and Fran's Sausages. And here's what the rest of the comment says. I truly believe that Tora is way more intelligent than he lets on. It's a shame that his environment growing up didn't let him exercise that potential for himself. Also, the way he cares about and treasures those who have invested the tiniest bit of good into him. 
melts and breaks my heart at the same time. So yeah, it's funny to see Alice and now to see Fred and how they they see him as a kid, almost like their kid, you know, or their relative, someone that they look out for and care for. And they do want to invest in him and Tora is still connected to them. It's it's a thing that I don't think is just exclusive to Tora in this webtoon. We've seen other people like Goliath in episode 10. We found out that he was a waiter at a place and he left behind some pretty important belongings. So I feel like these gangsters when they were kids kind of relied on these shop owners in this town, you know, to support them. And it's just, it does break my heart a little bit. And I I agree with the commenter that it's almost tough to hear Fred say, you're a bright kid with a bright future. You see Taurus face, right? He's like, it's just, it's a little heartbreaking because he in the right hands with like parents and stuff. Yeah. I think Torah could be anything he wants to be, but right now he can't be anything he wants to be. He's really, really stuck. So this comment stood out to me. Uh Uh-oh Shoes left a comment on this webtoon saying Quincy's angels with the laughing emoji and then said, also, it seems like Quincy knows it's a shit situation that Giyu and Torah are stuck in and is doing the best he can to make it easier on them. And yeah, that really stood out to me because Quincy was talking about Tora to Giyu, and he said, you know how he keeps his distance from women. Giyu's response, I mean, yeah, pretty much for the same reasons as me. And then Quincy said, and you know how I feel about that. I wish there was more I could do for the both of you. And it's like, that's just three sentences, but we get so much. It's almost like they're talking in code. There's such a shared understanding between the two of them because of this mafia life. And I think it's pretty clear that if you had someone you were in love with, like they would not be safe, right? But there also could be even deeper reasons as to why Giyu and Tora keep their distance from women. And I want to keep figuring out what those reasons are. But it's pretty clear, (laughs) you know, why he's pushing Poppy away. That's pretty clear to us. Always Shook commented on this episode and said, What if the guy that sold the aprons is Poppy's ex? And I feel like that's one of these moments here where you're going to be like, who, what, huh, huh, who, maybe, what? I don't know. (laughs) Because that was my reaction to this comment when I came across it. So Fred and Fran's sausages, well, his his apron said Frank and Franz, which is like not what he wanted it to say. But some guy sold him these aprons because there's a Frank and Franz diner. It's a competing business, right? And so if you remember that towards the end of this episode, it kind of sets up a mystery as to who on earth sold the aprons to this man and what's going on with that. <laughs> and so what if the guy that sold the aprons, this is what Always Shook wrote, is Poppy's ex? if it's jewelry. (laughs) But I'm like, how did you get there? My brain is trying to bridge the gap to how did we get there? Um, Okay, so we know that jewelry definitely is a part of college life. We know that he cheated on Poppy. We know that he was ashamed of the lunches that Poppy made for him and, you know, would downplay his girlfriend to his friends and not really want to introduce her to them. Did I miss a part where jewelry, like, makes aprons 
<laughs> I mean, the thing is, though, I'm still like, ooh, but maybe. Because we want Tora to encounter jewelry at some point. There's just some part of us in our hearts, at least I'm speaking for myself, that's like, I would like to see that conversation. I would like to see that encounter between Tora and Jewelry. And we've talked about it on the podcast before. So if he is like, and Tora did make a promise to Fred that he's going to find the guy that sold the aprons and probably set that person straight. So yeah, interesting, right? What do you guys think? (laughs) Okay, moving on to the next comment. Indian Flower commented and said, I think I figured it out. When Quincy said to Ronzo, maybe he hasn't gotten over Strawberry Girl, he's referring to that scene in the photo, Aries Street Kings, where Tora is helping the girl in the background. Also, I think Tora knows it's Poppy. She's his Strawberry Girl, LOL. I think he recognizes her from the moment he saw her step out of the bushes. In the beginning chapter, Poppy said life is a series of dots, and she's connecting the dots through the story Tora and Poppy met before, LOL. (laughs) Let us unpack this comment. Let us go into the history of Midnight Poppy Land and figure out if this is true or not, okay? Because, yeah, in this episode, Quincy says Tora has a thing for Strawberry Girl. Who is Strawberry Girl? We know that strawberries are extremely significant in the world of Midnight Poppy Land. So now let's dive in. Let's go back to episode 10. And let me describe the Aries Street Kings photo to you. It was found amongst Goliath's things. So in this photo that I'm looking at, we've got a white van. We have got eight people in this picture. A guy who looks like he's kind of goofing off and posing for the camera is in the driver's seat. I don't know why, but he reminds me of Giyu. But then I'm like, I don't know. They have an age difference. We learned about that around episode 14, 15, 16, when Tora was at that fancy restaurant and he needed to change into Giyu's clothes. So... Yeah, they have an age difference. There's an age gap between Giyu and Tora. So if we go back in time to this Aries Street Kings photo, would Giyu be old enough to be driving? Could he have his license? Do these children care if they had their licenses at the time? (laughs) Right? They were just driving around. I, I know that they did not. So I'm not sure why that driver makes me think of Giyu. I don't know. He kind of just has that reddish brown hair. And then we have the teens who are posing in front of the van. And three of them look off to the left side of the photo, our left, where there is a girl with shoulder length brown hair in a blue and white school uniform sitting on the ground. And she's holding her left knee and it looks like she's wiping tears with her other hand. And then there's a guy with black hair who looks very much like Tora who's leaning down to make sure that she's okay. So I know for a fact that Goliath is in the middle of this picture because I recognize the ace tattoo that he has on his right hand. And we see that on adult Goliath just in the same episode, right? So he's also shorter than everyone and he has blue hair and those are like his trademark features. So that's Goliath. And yeah, I'm wondering what happened here. Did the van hit the girl and the reason why a lot of us feel like this was poppy here is because it could be poppy she has shoulder length brown hair and in episode 30 
In a flashback, we see young Poppy drinking strawberry juice with her father up in a tree while watching a white van on the road below. And Poppy says to her father, there's a white van driving along the road. Dad says, whoa, you're right. Let's get down before they see us up here. Poppy says, why can't they see us? And her dad says, well, most people don't know their way up the trees like us locals do. So if they try to follow, they might injure themselves and we'll get into trouble. And this is where my head, like literally I turned it to the side and I'm like, wait, what? Wait, what? (laughs) The logic is not there, dad. And then Pops says, there's a rope ladder though. And the dad goes, ah ha ha, dot, 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 still. So that's, that's standing out to me. And I assume that's standing out to a lot of us, right? He saw the white van. He didn't see any of the passengers inside. You couldn't have seen it from that far up. But he just knew upon seeing that white van that they should get out of the tree. And he doesn't want to be seen by them at all. And he's making up an excuse for his daughter right now. I think we can all agree on that because what he just said didn't make any sense. There's no like world where people would be driving along the road and then like see you in the tree and then be like, I'm going to stop the car, get out and climb up into the tree and get these people in trouble. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I don't think that's I don't think that's what he's trying to really say here. There's so much subtext here. Um, So now I'm suspicious AF. (laughs) What do you know, dad, about this white van? And yes, I do think these are the same vans. The van from the picture looks exactly like the van from Poppy's memory. So we know that those two are connected, right? If we're talking about connecting dots, bam, those two dots connected. And you know what? The girl in the photo was touching her left knee, which seemed like it was scraped or skinned or hurt in some way. And I don't know, Poppy hurt her knee way later on when she was flying off of that scooter, you know, when she was running away from everything that happened with jewelry. Right before she meets Tora, she hurts her knee. And that's something that she walks around with for many, many episodes. And so, of course, it's like, that's not the same injury, right? But it feels like something worth mentioning that, you know, Poppy's hurt her knee too. And it could just be a subtle hint that this is the same girl. But if it's not, I'm totally cool with that too. (laughs) But is she strawberry girl? Well, young Poppy in episode 30 is sipping on some strawberry juice. I know that I've talked about episode 30 on the podcast. I don't know if I mentioned that she was sipping on strawberry juice because I don't know if I noticed it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, did I did I notice that? I'm not sure because now I'm definitely noticing it. When you're on the hunt for a strawberry girl and you get the girl from the Aries Street Kings photo and you get Poppy's own memory flashback and they both have shoulder length hair like in her past, it's pretty hard to ignore. So I think we should all take note of it and then see if we're right later. But something that's really coming out is that I'm curious as to what her father knows about mafia life right now. I'm really wondering about it. Everything is so ominous about that scene. Like I I read it the first time just from Poppy's point of view because she's really reminiscing. She just talked to Mr. Lamb about losing his wife. She's talking about losing her father. So I was really seeing it from Poppy's point of view, but going back and rereading that, what do you know, dad? 
what does Poppy's dad know? We know that he passed away six years ago, and we know that it was late-stage cancer, and it happened very quickly. And maybe I'm just looking too hard into it, but now I'm suspicious about his death, his very sudden death, even though it's tied to sickness. There are doctors in the mafia too. Just saying. I'm going to leave it there and maybe come back to it later. Emma Liu commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, Whose boss gives them three days off for working hard? Suspicious as hell, LOL. Speaking of bosses, can we talk about Gil? I mean, there's got to be some big theories when we talk about Gil, right? So after this short musical interlude, we are talking all about Poppy's boss, the head honcho at Giant Goldfish Publishing, and figuring out what the heck is going on with him. We'll be right back. Here is a short recap of episode 42 before we jump all the way in with voice messages from my patrons all about Gil. In episode 42, Gil asks Poppy about a black notebook he found, but she doesn't know anything about it. His eyes are really on Poppy here, like really watching her. Later, Poppy thinks of how her relationship with Tora ended and how her father passed away. Meanwhile, we meet Cordelia, aka Sugar Plum, who just spent the night with Quincy. They all meet up for dinner and drinks with Poppy. And then, yeah, Tora shows up as well. I asked my patrons, what do you think Gil is up to? Do you have any theories about him? Because everyone, I think it's universal. We're all like, that was some shady behavior. Gil, what's going on? What are you doing? So let's hear from Joanne. I think the reason why Poppy's boss Gil is shady is because somehow I think he knows Vincent because he was interested in the notebook, but then kind of tossed it away. But it makes me think that he found something of interest or he swapped notebooks because all he did afterwards was just throw it, which was weird. That I didn't get at all. Yep. Like when he threw that notebook, I was like, wait. Like, he just threw it back on the desk and, like, walked out. And it was empty. So I was like, that can't be Gil's. Like, did he empty it? Did he? Oh, he bought a notebook. So he's trying to trick Poppy into thinking. He just wants to see her facial reaction. And he must be that good at reading body language and, like, nervous behavior to tell whether or not she knows anything about this notebook, right? That's kind of where I landed, too. Same place as Joanne where it's like, A decoy notebook must be happening, right? And if he knows Vincent, then that means he knows Quincy. And that means he knows Tora, you know? Like if he's running in all those circles, then I'm very suspicious. Because you know what? Mr. Lamb did get caught up in the mafia for a second there. Poppy saved him. So I'm, I'm just really suspicious about everything. I have taken out like my little Sherlock Holmes hat, my invisible but very real to me hat and magnifying glass. And I'm running around here looking for clues. So you're going to hear that a lot as we talk about Gil. Here's what Darla had to say about Poppy's boss. 
First off, Gil is so freaking shady. Look at his shifty eyes and the fact that he clearly wanted to find out if the black notebook belonged to any of his staff. I suspect this black notebook is the Goliath notebook and he must have read its contents. It is clear that his publishing company is struggling financially, so I feel like maybe Gil might try to sell the information from the notebook so he can keep his company alive due to desperation. I love how Darla says, look at his shifty eyes. You know he's shady because it's the way that Lily drew his eyes. You can't trust that man. That's what it looks like. You know, like, oh, why are you staring at Poppy like that so intensely? But yet, like, like, I don't know, that that face that he was making, it, it, it is sticking with me. It is haunting me slightly. So, yeah, I agree that he definitely knows about Goliath's notebook. There's no other way. It can't just be like two different black notebooks in this world that, um, you know, this is a happy coincidence. He knows about Goliath's notebook. He knows that it was a black notebook. And Dara talks about motive because, yeah, he's struggling financially. His company is struggling financially. And Patty also brings that up. So let's hear from Patty about Gil, Poppy's shifty, shady boss. So with Gil in the notebook, we know for certain that he has it, and this episode implied heavily that he's read the contents. If we put that together with him finding the notebook with Poppy's things, you know, this could explain why he's giving her the stink eye in episode 42. He's just so stuck on Poppy that he doesn't even look up at Jacob uh, when he's talking to him and when he tries to look at the notebook. I also think that the blank notebook Gil had was a decoy and that he still got the original notebook stashed away somewhere. This has some pretty dark implications for Poppy if Gil is putting two and two together. I mean, you know, Poppy's a new hire. He doesn't know much about her. And if you couple that with, you know, the notebook find and now we have a contract with Quincy, it could look really bad on her down the road that she has all of these perceived mafia affiliations. And let's not forget, Poppy had a conversation with her dean uh, back in episode 14, where Poppy says that she plays into her small and cute routine to get away with things. This could look very damning for her in the future, especially if someone pieces together that Quincy and Tora have mafia ties. And I know that some have suggested that Gil might have a connection to the mafia, and I suppose that's possible, but I'm less inclined to believe it. If he is, um, then I think... It has more to do with his business tanking and that he's trying to find a way to just keep the lights on and keep his business open. You know, I wouldn't put it past Gil to work out a deal with mafia lenders just to, you know, stay afloat. Um, but I do find it suspicious that he's been absent for someone who runs his company and is searching for business. Um, I thought it was even more telling that he wasn't present when Quincy signed his contract. You'd think signing such an important contract would garner his attention. Um, so I guess I'm just curious as to why Gil has been MIA and what he's been up to. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, Gil, where have you been? You have been so MIA throughout this webtoon. And I'm going to break that down in a second. But before I do, I feel like I never thought about the fact that this would make Poppy look so bad. She's like all tied up in the mafia, but she doesn't really, really know it. Like she kind of knows it, but she doesn't, she does not know what's going on here with the notebook, you know, and let's say like the police got involved or, or another um, illegal syndicate got involved, like the nine daggers and they're looking at it. Doesn't it look like Poppy is truly connected and knows 
very well what she's doing here with the Quincy, the Torah, the notebook, and even whatever Gil's up to. It just, I never thought about like, this looks bad, Poppy. Like if the police were to investigate, I don't know if they would believe you that you are completely innocent and didn't know. As much as Torah tried to keep you from it, you still might get in trouble. It's starting to, it's starting to get that way. She's like, it's like a, she's in a spider's web and she's just, she doesn't even know that she is in it. She sees the spider web that is the mafia, but she doesn't know that she's like in the center of the web right now <laughs> because that's how everything is colliding at her publishing company. And I'm just so glad that she did not know anything about the notebook when Gil was asking her. Like I said, the face he made was scary. Like Patty said, Jacob was supposed to be looking at the notebook. He didn't even care. He didn't even suspect that Jacob knows anything about this notebook, right? He wasn't here to see if any of the three of them know. He was here to see if Poppy knows about this notebook. So that's some dangerous stuff that she's already in. In my opinion, I'm scared. I'm scared of Gil. I don't know. Like, (laughs) he made a scary face. And he was so pinpoint like he was so clearly looking at Poppy to the point where like Jacob's like, can I look at the notebook? Like it might be mine. And Gil didn't care because he already knew that it can't be Jacob's notebook. That's like not what this is for. This is about Poppy, which is terrifying to me. But let's go back into Midnight Poppy Land history a little bit. In episode 11, we get to see inside of Poppy's work bag. And yeah, there's a black notebook in there. We are at the office. The notebook is at the office. Just to clarify, we get a close-up shot in episode 11 of Goliath's black notebook in the office. And then again, in episode 21, Poppy gathers her things at work and we see the black notebook on her desk again. So it has been with her at work. Gil has had opportunities to take it, even though he's been away, right? So let's talk about Gil. In episode 30, this man pops his head into the office while Jacob is teasing Poppy about the Greek god in her apartment. And since I'm suspicious of Gil, I'm wondering if he was listening to their conversation. Does he know that Torah is in Poppy's life? I'm just wondering. Now that we know that Gil is a little bit shady, and knows more than we thought he ever knew. Looking back at episode 30 with Gil, you know, leaning around the corner, it doesn't look so innocent anymore. I'm like, were you eavesdropping, Gil? Have you been eavesdropping? Do you have surveillance of this office? Have you seen video footage of Poppy with that notebook on the desk? Is that what's going on? I don't know. I don't trust you anymore. He's lost my trust. Anyway, the conversation continues in episode 30, where Gil says, thanks for coming down on a Saturday, guys. And the response is, not a problem. When did you get back, though? You said next week. And Gil says, yesterday evening, actually, I managed to get an early flight back. It's my 15th wedding anniversary today, and it completely slipped my mind. And you can imagine my wife wasn't too happy about it. First time I read it, thought it was innocent. Now that I have read more of this webtoon and gone back, don't trust him at all. Like, I don't believe him. I don't believe you, Gil. Also, in episode 42, the one we're talking about, this man holds the notebook up with both of his hands and I don't see a ring. Where is your ring? Where is your wedding ring? It's not on a left hand. It's not on a right hand. I don't see any indication that you are married to someone, Gil. (laughs) At the same time, We have to be clear that not everyone wears a wedding ring. 
like even right now as I'm chilling in my house I'm not wearing my wedding ring so I know that like it could be a stretch but also that story of I forgot it was my 15th wedding anniversary so I had to fly back now instead of next week I just don't believe him if he's if he's not lying about something really really shady I'd still think he's lying about it right it's a lie I just feel pretty confident right now, and I could be wrong, but I feel so confident that it's a lie because Gil is always showing up. I mean, even when he comes up with the notebook trying to figure out if Poppy knows anything about it, it's always like, Gil, weren't you in a meeting? Aren't you supposed to be in a meeting? Aren't you heading to a meeting right now? He has all kinds of meetings, and this business is not thriving, and I don't see him bringing in tons of new clients or um, tons of new investors or anything. I'm so suspicious with what he does with his time. Same way that, like, <laughs> Patty was like, where, where is he? On the day that Quincy does show up, and we're going to talk about it, like, Gil is not there as far as we can see. I did not see him. And the financial problems that Darla and Patty brought up, apparently the trip that he was on, you know, that had him not show up in the first portion of this webtoon, but when he does show up, he says the trip was bad and Gil didn't get any of the deals he was hoping for. The market is too saturated and the competition is insane. Is this publishing he's talking about or is it mafia? Is this thug life? Is the competition so insane there? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) like don't let me be a detective you guys because I would just suspect everyone like you would breathe wrong and I'd be like nope it's you you did it (laughs) but here's the kicker still talking about episode 30 Gil to Poppy says oh I took these reports from your table urgent requests from the board so I helped myself to them sorry about that he helped himself to Poppy's desk Hmm. And what could have been on Poppy's desk, you guys? Just saying. And while we're in the world of publishing, I want to talk to you about one more thing. In episode 29, Poppy googled the Balterman organization, and she saw this. The header said, Journalists of Naren City, urgent. Read before this thread is wiped out. It was posted four days ago, and the small description says, Two of our journalists have been missing for weeks. We are devastated. If you know of any criminal activities, please do your part and report it to the authorities. Every report counts. We can take them down member by member if we work together. Updated eight hours ago, this page is no longer available. I mean, if that doesn't bring a shudder down your spine, I don't know what will. Journalists are going missing. Two have gone missing. And they feel like if the journalists all band together, they can take down the criminal that is doing this. And it's all related to the Bolchman organization. Well, 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 something bigger is going on than we can even imagine. Episode 43, Tora is here in his T-Rex playing a guitar sweater, coughing and sneezing because he has the flu. But he's also pissed, like high-key angry, that 
Poppy is here, which totally hurts her feelings. Cordelia steps in to defend her, but Tora doesn't back down until Quincy yells at all of them to stop and declares Poppy his editor now. Quincy's matchmaking scheme here didn't turn out the way he wanted. Meanwhile, Poppy and Cordelia are talking about their jobs, and when Cordy asks Tora what he does for a living, he straight up says, I'm in the mafia. V11 commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Am I the only one who's really sad that Tora said it so blatantly? I'm in the mafia? Because before, when he was getting close to Poppy, it was a detail they'd skip around and never explicitly say. But now it's like he's drawing a clear boundary and that breaks my heart and tears my ship. Yeah, Tora saying I'm in the mafia like that felt like a big deal to me. And I asked my patrons, like, what did you think of that moment? Where is Tora's mind right now? Like, where, where is he? Where is his state of mind for him to just come right out and say it with that facial expression in this moment of all the moments he's had the chance to say it? It happened now. So that felt significant to me. And I'll be sharing their opinions when we talk about episode 44. But in the comments section on episode 43, Met Blondie had a comment that says, am I the only one who has a feeling that he is doing some inside thing for the officer Poppy talked to? Don't ask why, just a crazy gut feeling. It would explain why he maimed instead of killed at his last sniper job and why he kept the ring and bracelet of a cop and his deep devastation at Alice's place when Poppy knew the caller. Why had he saved a cop's number in his phone? I'm just wildly guessing here, but I theorize he was arrested and offered a deal slash blackmailed into handing over the biggest fish. That notebook could be his get out of jail card. And him being stuck as a double agent is an even bigger reason to keep Poppy out of the mess that is about to unfold. So much for my theory rambling. Thank you for your attention. I'll be here all week. Bows exit stage left. Let us talk about the theory. Is... Tora, a double agent. Is he working for the mafia, but also working with the police department? Is he working with the authorities, but also pretending to be under Vincent's thumb? Let's discuss it. Back in episode two, Giyu calls Goliath that little double-crossing bitch. So Tora flashes back to what looks like Goliath calling the police in exchange for his past criminal records being removed from the system. But to do that, like he's going to give Tora up. We see Tora get arrested by what looks like a SWAT team. Like they are fully equipped. They have vests and helmets on and Tora is down on his knees and they're yelling at him like they're going to shoot him. And yeah, Tora was betrayed is what we are led to believe in episode two. And that's what I still believe right now. And in episode four... Inspector Lane recognizes Tora's jacket, so we know that they have a past. And even more so, like the commenter mentioned, in episode 18, Inspector Lane gives Tora a call. He has her name saved in his phone. He has her picture saved in his phone. And Tora mutters to himself, Lane, the hell does she want with me? So he didn't expect to hear from her then. So if he's been doing this double agent thing, I don't think it started back as far as, you know, when he was arrested 
and that flashback that we saw in episode two. No, because by the time we're in episode 18 and he's sitting at that sushi restaurant with Poppy, he's confused as to why Lane would be calling him. So if, big if, if Tora is a double agent and he's now working with Lane to take down Vincent Bolcherman, then I believe it would have had to have started after that phone call. Maybe he returns it after he drives off into the night, leaving Poppy behind, feeling a little bit sad then I feel like that's when that relationship started. Because yeah, since then, Tora did, it seems like Tora shot four people like from very far away through all of the windows and shot to injure, not to kill, right? And that's not what Vincent wanted him to do. He wanted him to end them. But by shooting the four of them, it helped the authorities, if you guys remember, because those four people were all suspected to be in shady business, but the four of them getting shot was like, okay, you guys are all four connected. So, hmm, I think it's like a 55%, maybe 60% chance. <laughs> I like to lean into theories, especially when they're a little wild. There's like a 60% chance that Tora is working with the police right now to take down Vincent. Or maybe he's a triple agent. <laughs> Oh no, I'm, I've gone too far. Pull it back, Joe. Pull it back. But I think knowing what happened with Goliath helps under helps me understand at least what was going through Tor's mind when he saw that Inspector Lane called him at that sushi restaurant in episode 18 and Poppy like couldn't even make eye contact because she knew that she had talked to Lane about him, right? And he was really, really upset. He was feeling a, a flurry of emotions. He was feeling all sorts of things in that moment, but I bet a lot of that was triggered by the feeling of being betrayed again. Like people always going behind my back talking to the police about me and being judged because people are constantly judging Torah, thinking he's a dangerous punk, some dangerous street kid. You know, he didn't want to be judged like that and it helped going back and seeing all those moments again. Going back to the original comment from Met Blondie, hmm, I struggle with the part about Tora using the notebook as his get out of jail card. I mean, it says the notebook could be his get out of jail card. And I think he's already done whatever it is to get out of jail. <laughs> you know, he was shocked that Inspector Lane was calling him. So the notebook has shown up in his life before that. It's not like something he's trying to find for his own gain. He was dragged into this by a text from Goliath in the very first episode. He has stayed dragged into this because he saw that this beautiful woman named Poppy ran off with a notebook unknowingly, and he needs it to keep her safe. It's like for two things, for Goliath's sake and for Poppy's sake, but mostly Poppy, right? So that's why I'm like 55 to 60% in on this is he a double agent? Is he working with the police to bring down? Is that even a double agent, though? <laughs> am I the one calling it that? I am I am the one calling it that. No one's calling it that. It's not in the comment. <laughs> it's just me. I watch too much Alias. I watch too many spy things where I'm calling it double agent. <laughs> when he's really an informant, at least that's the theory, that he's giving some privileged information about criminal activity to the police, that's an informant, not a double agent. He's not a spy. Or is he? He has like a sniper rifle, not unlike Jennifer Garner's character, Sydney Bristow in Alias, my favorite spy show. So maybe 
Maybe we can keep calling him a double agent if that's what he turns out to be. Jechi from the stars commented and said, It just dawned on me that Quincy literally signed a contract that he knew nothing about so he could get Tora and Poppy together. Quincy does not get enough recognition for being a great friend. Oh yes, Quincy is on the ship. He is on the ship of Tora and Poppy. He is actively meddling in their lives to make it happen, even though he was not prepared for how it about to go down he's just not prepared for it but I do think he's a great friend and we're going to talk a lot more about Quincy in the next two episodes real girl 16 commented and said poor Tora everyone at that table has got a legitimate career job but him sugar plum is a legal practitioner poppy is an editor and blondie is a writer Tora is like well I'm the best at maiming and killing people for my boss I think this comment is one of those examples of something that's really clear, but like I needed someone to say it. And I liked seeing that written out like that, that yeah, Tora is surrounded and there must be some insecurity around, you know, all these professionals that he's sitting with who do have other careers. And I'm just thinking again about how Uncle Fred at Fred and Fran's Sausages, how he said, you've got a bright future, kid. And internally, I feel like Tora is thinking, no, I don't. I didn't have that future. It didn't happen for me the way it happens for other people. In episode 44, Quincy quickly covers for Tora after spitting his drink out all over Poppy. And he explains that no, Tora's not in the mafia. Tora is his bodyguard, totally not in the mafia, just obsessed with a game called Mafia 42. And Tora asks Poppy to go outside and she's like, no thanks, I'm good right here in my chair. I'm going to stay here. And we find out that Tora doesn't drink and he cuts Quincy off before we can get the exact reason why. And Tora passes out well, almost passes out. He does collapse, falls right out of his chair, and he is running a fever and short of breath. He also apologizes for being so mean to Poppy, and they hold hands. So I asked my patrons, what did you think about Tora's line of, I'm in the mafia? He said it with such a straight face, and he said it right in front of Poppy. He wanted her to hear it. Here's what Sharin had to say about this moment. I loved the moment that Tora said, that he's in the mafia like that panel he looked he looked so messed up he looked really really sick and in that moment I just thought like Tora is so over it all like he had just said this super emotional goodbye to Poppy um he you know had gone out of his way to kind of write this note for her to leave his bracelet and his ring with her those are really important to him and he made that really hard decision to cut her out of his life, even though he clearly cares deeply about her, well, or because he actually really cares for her, but he clearly likes to have her around. And he chose to sort of set her free, to push her away, to keep her safe and to not get her more entangled in his life. And then here comes Quincy meddling and just, I suppose, in Tora's mind, like recklessly drawing her back in. And on top of it, he's sick. So probably his like tolerance for frustration is very very low 
And then on top of that, there's Cordelia, who I'm really curious who she actually is and how she fits in because she was introduced there in the restaurant. Well, we see her before with Quincy, but then we find out that Poppy and her had, as I understood, just met outside on the motorbike. And I feel like the way they spoke about it, it sounded like there was going to be a kind of flashback to show that moment, um, which didn't come <laughs> so far. So I was a little bit confused, like, who is Cordelia? How important is she? What kind of role is she still going to play? And then clearly, you know, regarding toughness and height as well, she can really, she's on one level with Tora, basically. So I think he felt a bit threatened by her and like probably jealous as well because her and Poppy were getting along so well and having this the best time ever while, you know, he had just kind of said goodbye to Poppy and he was also sick. Like, I think it was out of frustration that he said it, but also, you know, kind of like a toddler that does something just because. I don't know the English word right now. Um, I just know the German one. But yeah, just like a toddler that does it, like it's annoyed, it's not getting what they want. And then they're like, I'm in the mafia, you know, like here, do with that. And like, just, I think he just didn't care anymore. Toddler Torah, he was acting so impulsively and just like doing what he wanted to do in spite of all the consequences, you know, like I'm going to yell at Poppy even if I have to apologize later and just going with his base instincts, right? Because he's so sick and he's so frustrated. And I think Shirin really put it in perspective for me where it's like Torah is so over this right now. When I read this the first time, I'm all in Poppy's perspective. So I'm like, Tora is being such a jerk to her. And I do hope he apologizes later, which he does, right? But also from his point of view, he's like, I just said goodbye to this person that I don't want any harm to come to. I don't want her to be involved with me. I don't want her to be around me or around Quincy, Vincent's son. Like, I want her to be away from this stuff. I want her to be free of this stuff. I want her to live a normal life. Didn't we hug? Didn't we say goodbye? Did I not write you a heartfelt letter and give you the jewelry that's important to me? Like, did I not? Why are you here? So I see it from both points of view now. And yeah, like Sharon was saying about Cordelia, yeah, I think Tora was absolutely threatened. They were having such a great time over on their side of the table, like really getting along and talking. And Tora's kind of getting iced out because he came in here screaming and trying to rip the presentation out of Poppy's hands. Like <laughs> he was like a toddler. I totally see it. I don't know what other word to use either, but like it's there. It's like he kind of threw a little tantrum. And then he tired himself out because he was already sick. And that's why he fell down at the at the end of the episode, you know, toddler Torah. So like Sharin, I was also trying to figure out where does Poppy know Cordelia from? And I'm scanning my brain for any moments where I saw someone on a motorcycle and there was like a close up of something. And I was like, I don't know what that is. So if if I missed it, because sometimes I miss things, It's even if it's like right there in my face, I will still sometimes miss things. So if we miss this, could you let me know? Someone, anyone, please email, DM, write it somewhere so I can see like where did Poppy meet Cordelia? Or is this something that Lily Dusk was probably going to flash back to later on when it's something relevant, you know? Like we have 
the story comes in different spots where we get flashbacks and sometimes flash forwards and things are a little bit out of order which makes it super super gripping and interesting and keeps you on your toes so if it's that then like that's totally cool I'm gonna wait and see like how she met Cordelia and what they talked about but if I just missed it like how I missed where the ring came from that Tora gave to Poppy like somehow my brain just did not remember that it came from Joe cop Joe so yeah let me know Here's Patty talking about the moment when Tora said, I am in the mafia. When Tora tells Poppy that he's in the mafia so directly, I mean, to me, that felt like this was his last ditch effort to scare her away. He's tried to explain his work to her so many times, um, just using euphemisms and half-truths. But I think after tonight, he's recognizing that that's not enough of a deterrent. Um, I don't blame Poppy for this for a second, though. I mean, she's operating off of incomplete information, but she's also a grown adult and she has a job to do. And that job just so happens to involve Quincy. And he's the one who contacted her to begin with. Um, You know, and I think Tora is just so desperate to protect Poppy from his world that he'll do just about anything to shield her from it, even if it hurts her feelings. And you can see that the entire argument in episode 43. Um, you know, they're being childish with their digs, you know, but it really speaks to the core of the problem. Tora is part of a dangerous organization and Poppy has no idea what she's getting herself into. And then we see later in the episode when Tora is gazing at her so intensely, you know, just in my mind, I can't help but think how much he cares about her and how conflicted he must feel. You know, that was the look of a man who was in turmoil big time. And I think, you know, in that moment, as sad as he was, and as much as he wanted this, you know, he decided to tell her, you know, I felt like he was just trying to save her the last few moments that he would see her until he dropped that truth bomb. Because I fully think that he thought she was going to bounce after he, after he said this, you know, he's just running out of ways to tell her the truth. And we all know that he doesn't like to lie. The next episode, this gets infinitely more difficult because Quincy tries to brush it off, you know, explain it away. And as he's explaining this to Poppy, we can see Tora is gradually panicking because it makes him look like a liar. And it also makes him look like he rejected Poppy rather than having a legitimate reason to part ways with her. Yeah, it's so true that Quincy thought he was helping by being like, no, 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 he's not in the mafia. He's not, he's not, he's not in the mafia with like elaborate different reasons for why Tora's not in the mafia. And this is all a misunderstanding, right? And it does make Tora look like a liar a little bit, right? And it just makes it seem like, oh, no, you saw Poppy's face kind of fall because it's like, then why was he pushing me away? And why did he make this huge goodbye? We both they both had a common understanding that like what he's involved in is too dangerous for her to be involved in too. She knows that girl's been Googling. She knows the Balterman organization isn't just about good stuff. They're not like some happy nonprofit and there's nothing bad about them, right? She knows. She knows. And even in this moment, I have to believe that Poppy knows that Quincy's going overboard here and none of what he's saying <laughs> is true because he spit his drink out on her face so she knows poppy's smart but yeah i like how patty said that this is tora's last ditch effort of of scaring her away like if this doesn't scare her away nothing will he straight up said he's in the mafia here is what darla had to say tora said that he's in the mafia because he was just so fed up with 
all the lies, like especially when Quincy kept saying that he's, you know, the social butterfly, that he has friends, um, and, you know, all that. Like he was just so sick and tired of having to keep things from Poppy. He really wanted to just be um, honest with her finally. And, you know, that's why he just said it. And then also, um, I remember Cordelia was just giving him a hard time as well about what his job was and whatever. So he was just, he just had enough. And that's why he claimed that, or he, um, you know, said his statement that I'm in the mafia. I love how Darla laughed after, or like did a little chuckle there after Quincy said that Tora had friends because we know Tora's no social butterfly. And we all know he doesn't have any more friends than like Quincy and Giyu. But like, so when Quincy's going on about that, Poppy's like, what? And Tora's face is like, just no, no, Quincy, no. But yeah, I agree with Darla that it just had to come out. It just did. It's time. And I think it reminds me of what that commenter said about how everyone at the table has a legit career. And and he doesn't really have that. So let's just be honest with it right now. I think that's where Tora's coming from. Here's what Joanne had to say. He wanted to tell Poppy once and for all and be honest with her. And that was why he called her, well, wanted to talk to her outside. And in his mind, he just wanted to basically come clear and just tell her what it is that he does, what he truly does. And then maybe see once and for all, will she accept that side of him? Because it almost seems in a way that she was surprised that he wasn't. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that deep down inside, he wanted to tell her, this is what my life is like, the other side of me. Every single time you've seen me and everything, I truly am part of that life. Yeah, I fully believe that there is a part of Torah in this moment, whether he was being childish whether he was also trying to just get the truth out once and for all, all the things that we've said so far, I also think that some part of Torah was sitting there wondering, will she accept it? If it's finally out in the open, will she accept it? Like Joanne is saying, will she, how will she really react? And, and he wanted to see that. And Quincy kind of took that moment away if we think about it that way. If that was truly one of Tora's motivations, just to let it be there for real. Yes, to scare her away. Yes, to let out the truth. Yes, to be impulsive. Yes, to admit what my job is in front of all these people. But also, what is Poppy, what is she going to do now? There was a curiosity behind it, I'm sure, when he's just down to his very last very last thread like of energy that he had (laughs) he's so sick and so tired but I still think he's invested in Poppy and wants to know you know can she love me can she be with me this Torah not the person who says yeah I can scale your balcony but then also no I can't can she accept a Torah who just has the first half of that sentence where it's like yeah, I'm in the mafia and there are no buts after it. There are no ands. There are no jokes. There's no taking it back. And I think that's what he wanted to figure out. 
So another comment on this webtoon was from Rome Mary, who said, anyone else think that Torah doesn't drink because it makes him think of all the things that hurt him, which leaves him in a puddle of tears? Yes and no. I think Quincy was starting a sentence where he was saying, Torah doesn't drink. He doesn't like. And then Cordelia was like, yeah, he can't handle his alcohol. And then Quincy was saying something along the lines of he doesn't like how it makes the people around him behave. Something along those lines, but he didn't finish what he was saying. And Torah cuts him off by saying, no, it's the alcohol thing that Cordelia said. He'd rather admit to not being able to handle his alcohol than have Quincy share something vulnerable about why he really doesn't drink. So if it's rooted in how people behave around him who drink, we have to think about who's around him a lot. And my brain goes to his father figure, though no father of his, Vincent Balchman, because he drinks. When we first meet Vincent in episode five, he has a drink in his hand and a lady on his arm. In episode 36, you know, the one where he throws a tantrum over the notebook and he breaks a statue and he's mad that he looked like a fool. And then when he finally sits down to talk to Tora, he has a drink in his glass here too. Vincent, who also can be very volatile and can throw his tantrums and act out and has abused Tora in the past, he drinks. And I think that's something interesting to note. Here's a comment from someone whose username on Webtoon is just two emojis. One of them is a strawberry. The comment says, I feel like Big Bro leaving the Mafia game parallels how we know he wants to get out of the game literally. Tor 4 is Torah in real life. The Tor 4 in the game basically has chosen to leave the Mafia. Big bro Tora is desperately wanting out of the mafia. He wants no part of the game in his world or in the actual game. And I thought that was a pretty interesting comment. I mean, for those of us who read Let's Play by Mangi, there's a game within that webtoon as well. And how the characters play it shows a lot about their personalities. Whether it foreshadows directly what's happening in the webtoon, maybe not so much. But it really does show you like parallels into what's happening in the real life, right? And so here in Mafia 42, we see Tora is not very good at lying. We know that. We see that Tora gets frustrated pretty easily and he also gets executed. Like he's not good at it, right? And in real life, he's very good. He's not been executed. And I pray with all of my heart that that does not happen in this webtoon, that Tora does not get killed you know, like that's not a foreshadowing thing so much as I think it's a, yeah, he wants out. He doesn't even want to play this game. He's willing to throw his phone, break another phone, apparently, and have his friends hold him back from doing so, right? And I just thought that's a, that's a lovely comment to phrase it that way. It really rings true that all he wants to do is get out and really live his life the way he wants to live his life. So at the end of the episode, Tora is on the ground and Poppy is leaning over him. And here is a voice message from Patty talking about this moment and what it meant to her. 
I get that Tor is not feeling well, but it was nice to see him apologize. I think it speaks volumes that despite how she was feeling, Poppy went to comfort Tora when he passed out. Uh, that gave a strong indication that she's starting to have feelings for Tora. Because when you care about somebody at that level, you'll comfort them even if you're upset with them. I mean, I can tell you I do that in my own relationship. Episode 45, Poppy drives Tora's car and asks Quincy about the hairpin that she believes she left at his house. This is what she was looking for in the box in her house in previous episodes. Quincy says he knows nothing about it, he hasn't seen her hairpin. He calls her a cab when they reach Tora's place, and Quincy and Tora have a heart-to-heart while he carries him up the stairs to his apartment. The next day, Quincy comes to Giant Goldfish Publishing and meets Poppy's co-workers. Poppy did not sleep well last night because she's worried about a certain someone. Cut to Tora's apartment, Poppy knocks on the door, and he answers. Coniferous Rex commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, The brotherhood between Tora and Quincy is perfection. More than meets the eye, Quincy is a lot stronger while Tora's a lot smarter than they let on. I think that's what the webtoon's been trying to show us for a while now. Like, yeah, you have a bright future, kid. I keep coming back to that line because it's like, you're an intelligent guy, Tora, and you can do anything you put your mind to. And at the same time, Quincy, when we first met him, he seemed really tough, right? And then all of a sudden he's like throwing up. (laughs) But at the same time, he's physically strong and I think emotionally strong as well. And I really, 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 really care about this character a lot. Because could you carry Tora up several flights of stairs? I could not. And I really couldn't like have a whole conversation the entire way. Can you talk while you exercise? (laughs) Can you talk while you lift weights? Because I cannot. I would be huffing and puffing and struggling at the very first step if I could even get Tora on my back, which I could not. So, Quincy, you are stronger than me in so many ways. Boss Sarah commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Poppy said her mom left them. I think that would make sense that she is Vincent's sister. That cold-heartedness to walk away from your kid? I could also see Poppy and Quincy being cousins. This is another moment where I'm looking through the comments for theories and I'm like, well, I've never even thought of that. Could that be a possibility though? So I've seen a lot of people talk about that decorative hairpin and talking about how it probably belonged to Poppy's mom. We don't know much about Poppy's mother, so I, I'm not sure if I feel that theory yet. I know that she left them. We saw her like not really smiling in the picture that Poppy has of her mother. Her mom's like frowning. The cold heartedness isn't enough for me to connect her to Vincent like this commenter has left. <laughs> like I, I don't necessarily see that. But it would be very interesting if Poppy's mom was somehow connected to the mafia. We know that Poppy's dad knew more than he was letting on. It's just a fact for me at this point. He knew about the van and he didn't want to be seen. So that's something. So what did Poppy's mom want 
for her life. <laughs> we don't know yet. And the hairpin, I mean, Poppy said it was a decorative ornament. So I'm stuck on it being an ornament that's very important to her, not like a hairpin. If it was a hairpin, then yeah, it's probably from her mom or her grandma. But it's she turned it into a hairpin. So on this theory, I'm like 10% of the way there. If Poppy and Quincy are cousins, like that's the part that intrigues me the most. When I read that, I was like, well, they are so similar, these two cinnamon rolls, maybe. But also, I don't know. I, I need more. <laughs> I need more to get on board with that theory. But I like that it's there. It got me thinking a lot about Poppy's mother and how she just left. And on her daughter's birthday, her daughter's wondering about her, like, wherever you are, I hope you're okay. Instead of giving your daughter a call, you know, there's something that is forcing her to be estranged or she's just doesn't want to be in her daughter's life, right? Which is totally her loss because Poppy's amazing. So here is the final comment that I want to share with you. It's from Siren's Requiem. They wrote, Lily, Dusk, Midnight, Poppy. I took too long to make this connection. The author's name and the main character's name are both made up of a type of flower and a time of day. I love it. Deep down, I knew but also on a very real level, I have never thought about it. <laughs> so probably the second thing where like I did, I did not make this connection. I'm, I'm just now making this connection. So I feel like we all should have our own MPL name. Like I would choose my favorite time of day is sunset and I like roses. So I'm sunset rose. What's your name? So that is all. Did it happen for you? Did you have a moment or two or three that made you see something in Midnight Poppyland in a new light? Did a theory kind of blow your mind or at least make you laugh? If you did have that moment, yay, I accomplished my goal. And if you didn't, yay, at least I tried and you made it this far, an hour and 13 minutes into the podcast episode. So thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. This episode's running a bit long, so I will bring back the recommendation segment next week, but let's wrap this up. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Wonder. We currently have no sponsors, so here is a shout out to a random listener instead. This week's shout out goes to Hannah underscore Beth underscore A on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, Hannah Beth. New episodes are uploaded on Tuesdays. I'm Joe, and we'll talk again next week. Bye. Bye.